Yo, what's up, everybody? Back once again, Mediums Podcast. It's your man, G.I. Scarlett Lou. And we are here to talk to you all again about wonderful things involving artists and such. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we'll see if I can break my streak going in the wrong direction of getting the preliminary things correct. So let's see if we can do this. You can catch us on Mediums the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, mediumspodcast at gmail.com if you want to email us, or Mediums Podcast on Twitter. Those are all the places on the interwebs in which you can get in touch with us. How'd I do? Facts. Yeah. In there. All right. So um, speaking of emailing us, someone actually emailed us a topic, and we are going to talk about that topic today because we thought it was a good one. I'm good to go with. Um, the topic is basically about how you feel about your previous work, like the aging of the work. Like, does it does it still do it for you? Is it like not where you thought it would be? Yeah, I'm gonna talk about how artists feel about stuff that they've done before, and uh, how they feel about it post the drop. I don't know what I'm gonna title this one when I get ready to put this up, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not relevant. What is relevant is the conversation. So how do you feel? So you have now, Lissa, put out two albums worth of material that's out there in the wild, including a poetry book, one poetry book or two? Well, technically three, well, well three projects, including the book, two albums and a book. Okay. And then... I have a lot of work that never got on a project, but has probably been on shows. So yeah, um, right. so let, let, let's talk about that from kind of like the poetry aspects. Like when you look back at your work that's out there, do you only really count the stuff that's recorded somewhere, whether it's like recorded, like somebody taking a video of it, or is it just anything that you've done that you've presented to the world that you consider your work? Um, actually, neither of those things. Oh, well, just um, uh, make me just <laughs> ask the question. I'm going to let you talk about it. Neither of those things, actually. Um, when, I'm th- when I'm looking back at my old work, um, it's really all-inclusive. It could even include things that I haven't wrote, technically, quote-unquote, released. So things that I've just written and have never seen the light of day or things that I've written and have never finished. Okay. Um, funny and enough, I actually know. So even unfinished work, you are you, you go back and kind of critique that. Yeah, because a lot of sometimes um, I find that like unfinished stuff, um, it just wasn't. Um, there's this saying that art is never finished; it's just paused. Okay. And so, um, so yeah, so like I'll. And sometimes I'll come up with something. There are a couple things that happen. Sometimes I'll come up with something and maybe the timing just isn't right where like I have this idea and I have this feeling, but it's just not all the way there yet. And then sometimes I write myself into paralysis. Like I'll have like Mm. a super, and I feel like we've talked about this before in some context where I've written like something super dope. Like I have like, a super dope line and then i can never like match that energy so it just gets abandoned yeah so it just sits there 
So that's why I include that as, um, as things that I look back on. Um, just because I can always revisit it and be like, and there are poems where I feel like they are finished, like they, that they were done works that I go back and read and be like, man, I'm about to just, let me just redo this real quick. And it ends up being something so much more. So um, I'm all inclusive when I talk about, when we're talking about the work. Mm -hmm. um, funny enough, I actually remember the very first poem I ever like performed. And I go back and I read that. And I'm actually really pleased with that poem. It was okay. called Having It was called Haven't Finished a Verse. Hmm. And it was um it was like I'm really like I I look back and I'd be like, that was actually like a really good poem. Like I'm really happy with that. Um and then there is some work that I go back and I look at and I'd be like bruh, are you like cat in the hat or something? Like what? <laughs> what? Yeah, and that, that was, that was literally the, um, so, I mean, you have a mix of, of those two things. The question that um, was posed in the email was like, do you look at your previous work as like, this is trash or is it stepping stones to growth? And maybe it's like a mixed bag of those. Like some of it is trash and some of it is like, you can see the progression. And this was like what allowed you to catapult yourself into the, the place where you are now as an artist. Um, yeah, it's definitely a mixed bag because then there's sometimes I go back and I read stuff and I'd be like, holy shit, listen, you wrote that. That's good as fuck. Like, <laughs> like yeah. there's some things I'd be like, bro, like I really sit there and be like, hmm. And if you know me, I always say like, I don't feel like um, the thing that makes me the poet, is a po like a good poet is that like, I'm actually a good writer. Like, I don't necessarily feel that way. Like my word plays and always super clever and stuff like that. But, like, sometimes I go back and I read stuff and I'm like, bruh, you pretty cold-blooded. Like, this is really good. <laughs> and so I be feeling like I could toot my own horn a little bit. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I, most of my old work I consider to be trash. But, um, there, I mean, there's a few songs here and there that, um, that I was like, oh, man, this is really, what I really do is when I go back and listen to stuff a lot, I will say, man, I wish I could have done that better. Right. Like, I think that this was a good idea. I could have executed this a little bit better for this song, specifically for songs. Yeah, because um, there's a lot of other that go into. And I think that's the thing, too, like with the different when you're looking at and I'm looking at it from a consumer standpoint because I don't do music. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, even even when I look back up like at my first project, because I do use instrumentals. Like, I think there are so many other components that go into, like, especially, like, music that can have a very drastic effect on the quality of your work that it spans beyond just, like, the lyrics. Like, for me, like, the poem is the word, you know? Like, mm -hmm. that's what makes my art is a word. So it's it doesn't rely on too much else, but a song can be make like made or broken by the instrumental you use or like how well it's mixed and everything like that. So, um, or even just like how you sound when you record it and, and stuff like that. So like, I think, and that's just me coming from a consumer standpoint. Cause when I, when I listen to artists that I like and you start comparing like their new work versus their old work and even as you see like the evolution of their life, like I make a joke all the time, you know, especially like with all these verses talks, 
where they're talking about like Chris Brown versus Usher and stuff like that. Mm. And people will be like, well, Usher got eight albums. And I'll be like, yeah, but post-wedding the Usher albums are trash. <laughs> like after he got married, like they were garbage. See? And so you see this the- goes back to our conversation about <laughs> artists can't be happy. No, they can't. But and so you see they can't because then they make garbage art. <laughs> I'm just playing. But um but no, like even as a consumer, you look back at like artists that you enjoy and you look at the progression or what you see as n- not progress in their work and be like, oh, like it was so much better. Like even like take Wheezy for instance, like, oh, you're like, oh, we miss Wheezy. We don't like Tunji. Like you know what? That's 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 kind of like a, a a side conversation. I think that we should have about kind of art and its progression because typically what's going to happen with most artists, like you hear artists that were doing like mixtape stuff, right? Whether it's singers, rappers, um, they or you know just bands out of their garage, like the stuff that they made when they were doing it on the, their own was way more artistic because it, right. to, it wasn't about selling and it wasn't about like, once you get into the industry, like. It's so much different. Like Wale yeah. is a good example of that. Cause like more about nothing is probably one of my favorite mixtapes ever, ever. And then when he started releasing like albums, like when he came out on MMG, I was just like, eh, this is not as good as his mixtapes. Cause you don't have that creative freedom anymore for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah, it, it becomes a thing where, you know, like Lupe is notorious for kind of um, railing against his record label about like the way that they wanted to put restrictions on his creative freedom as an artist. Right. Um, Big Crit it was was huge on that, like, which I, which is odd, no, no diss to the man Big Crit, but like when he dropped off of his label, you thought he was just going to put out these amazing mixtape style albums. And then his first album that was independent was, was just like the ones that anyway, um, it wasn't like this amazing art that I thought it was going to be. That's, that's my opinion, but you know, big crit fans. I'm sorry. We got, I got to make somebody mad. Big crit fans. I'm sorry. I didn't love his first non-label album that he put out after he got off of um, his, uh, his record. Deal. You better watch out. Yeah. It we make people mad every time. Yeah, I I know, I know. It is what it is, though. It's not saying that it wasn't. It, it wasn't a bad. Anyway, I'm not majoring on whatever. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for my statement. I said what I said. I wasn't a fan of it. It was just okay. Um. Okay. So, like, when you look at when you like, do you have a process? So, like, for instance, like when you're coming out with a when you're about to start a new project, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have a process in which you like look? you like kind of like listen and go back and like listen and vibe to like old stuff to see like where you've been to chart where you're going and you just be like, fuck it. I'm past that. You know, um, the only thing that I do when it comes to old music is try not to recycle the same ideas over and over again. Um, or I try to go and better execute an idea that I, that I've done previously. So like, and that's, it's really hard to not, um, you know, because you're, you're, you are who you are, right? So you think the way that you think. And even though you evolve in the way that you think, um, a lot of what you do, just it's, it's an, by nature who you are if you're being honest with the art, right? Um, and so I try not to just be like, man, I already made a song about that. So I'm just going to do something completely different. But I try, I try not to duplicate ideas in a, you know, dress it up in a new 
wardrobe or whatever. So right. We're going to talk about um, this, but in a happy song, you know, or whatever. Um, but I think that's really the only reason I ever go back and revisit old stuff. Uh, outside of that, yeah, I just try to leave it back there where it was. Um, I'm definitely somebody who, when I look back at old stuff, for the most part, I'm not, I'm not a fan of my old stuff. And I'm like, man, why did people let me put this out? This was terrible. Or, you know, I don't know. I, I just think to myself, oh, it could have been so much better, but I'm definitely my, my most harsh critic as well. So I don't know. How about yourself? Do you get into creative mode and say to yourself, let me go back and revisit old Lissa and see where I am now? Um, yes and no. Like, because... Cause I'm one of the, like, I don't know, like I have this weird take on my work that, and people ask, like, ask, like, do you feel like you've gotten better? And I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily look at it like that. Um, because I feel like I've written things now that are not like, like that I wouldn't consider great. Um, that had I written them then, they wouldn't have been great either, you know? So I don't necessarily look at it, look at it as, a, as a form of like, have you gotten better? It's all about evolution, especially because my work is so emotional. Um, sometimes I look back at stuff and it makes me want to write from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I go back and I look at some stuff that I was writing. I just be like, damn. Like, girl, you was just, like, super depressed. And that's, this is depressing. This shit is terribly sad. And so, like, then I, it makes me want to, makes me want to kind of be like, okay, well, maybe, how can we, how can we move past that or something like that, you know? Yeah. Or, um, or something in that respect. But, like, a lot of times I'll go back and read stuff because it can kind of spark, spark some new ideas. And then, like I said, I will end up finishing a lot of stuff. Like I had this poem that I wanted to write about like that, that was like based on, and like one thing that people don't know, cause I might, I know a lot of poets that do this, but then I know a lot of poets that don't do this. Um, depending on what I'm writing about, like I like to do research about stuff mm-hmm. so that I can kind of like really grow, especially, um, if I'm like set on doing a metaphor or like, like an analogy or something like that, I really am trying, I just don't want it to sound super repetitive. So I try to learn as much about that thing. So like I had this idea of like using like an architectural frame of reference, like architecture. And I don't know shit about architecture construction. So I had like done all this research about it and, um, and like I then and I did all this research and then I never went anywhere with the idea. <laughs> so we, like didn't I didn't we have a conversation one time about some metaphor that you were trying I forgot what it was. Like I don't remember what it was. Now we had a conversation at one point in time and you were doing this very thing asking me like questions about something. I don't I wish I could remember what it what it was though. But like I do that all the time and then like the idea just doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like and and so but like the idea is still there so that I'll like go back and I'll be like, oh yeah, I was going to do this thing. Why didn't I finish that? So then I might pick that back up. Um, I have a lot of them uh, half finished ideas that, oh man, this is a really dope idea that are still sitting in a notebook somewhere. um, Not even a 
third of the way finished. Right. And like, I just got so many notebooks of half stuff. Yeah. Like just, just so, like. so in that vein, I definitely do go back and revisit old things. It's not necessarily old things that I've put out, but I'll go back and just kind of maybe try to rekindle an old idea and be like, maybe now it's time that I can actually complete this idea or something like that. That definitely happens. Now, and I can say when I, um, when I did my second project, and this is one of the reasons that I ended up going with Tavares as my producer for the second project, because um, when I met with him, I asked him, like he listened to my album and he gave me all these critiques. And um, one of the things that I do is I have this, and I mean, and I think every artist should have this, but I don't think that everyone, every artist does, is I have this adamant desire that um, as long as people are going to support me, and especially in terms of spending money with me, I don't want them to feel like they're paying for the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So I want you to be able to see growth and development in whatever, um, in whatever I put out next. So I am going to go back and listen to my old stuff to see like, okay, this is what happened. So like, I know like when I met with him, he had given me all this stuff. He was like, yeah, it was real good. And I was like, but what? And he gave me a list of all the buts of why he thought it could improve. So when I went to the next project, I was like, okay, he told me that it felt really one note in terms of the instrumentals that I used. So when I went into free write confessions, like if you listen to those instrumentals, they are all very different. Like, and I was, and I was very adamant when I was choosing them to choose instrumentals. Like I'm super comfortable with like the Drake dark feeling beats, mm -hmm. you know, like super chill. I'm about to smoke a blunt and just vibe type shit. Yeah. I didn't want to be comfortable. So I chose stuff. And I remember like having people listen and be like, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this, um, this instrumental for this poem. And they were like, and a good example of that was Netflix and chill. Like when I was writing that poem, I actually started writing it to a Drake style beat. Like it was a very Drake style beat. Um, I was actually chilling with Schooly and he was playing a beat and I was, and I just started like listening to and I was, and I just started writing and he was, and then he wouldn't give me the beat. So I had to, <laughs> <laughs> so like I begged him for that beat and he's like, no, I'm going to sell this probably to try to sell it to Drake. But like, um, but then when I started writing, like in my head, I heard like this bluesy, like Ed Sheeran, uh, make it rain very meow 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 and i was like oh oh yeah, that, <laughs> you like that? that that's the um that's the mediums that moment soundtrack um music right there um like and i heard that in my head and i let somebody like somebody had read netflix and chill and then i was like yo this is the beat i'm gonna use and they're like absolutely not they're like this don't go at all and i was like but it does and they're like no it doesn't and so as soon as the rough cut was done for Netflix and chill, I let him listen to it. I was like, yo, that's like the sexiest thing I ever heard. See, I heard it. Like, I heard it. So that was one of the things that I was very adamant about was that um, I feel like I 
when I went back and listened to my very first project, I felt like I had let the music control too much of the emotion. And so when I went into the next project, I was like, I don't want to do that again. So if I find these things that are so, um, that provide such a juxtaposition, see, look at me using big words today. Yeah, I um, see you. You <laughs> in here with your dictionary words today, juxtaposition. I like it. Um, I wanted to use things with such a juxtaposition that it required my work to carry the brunt of the emotional weight and not allow the music to dictate where the poem was going to go. And I felt like I had done that on the first album. So for me, I use my old work, especially if I'm trying to put out a project to really, how can I enhance this in the next way? Like, how can I bring it up? And that's one of the reasons I kind of feel stuck because I, right now in terms of like what I want to do for a next project. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about where my next project could go, should go and all of that. And it's just like, okay, how do I elevate even more and make this time that I've taken off or make this time that I've made people wait for me to put something else out worth it. So they can see like, yo, okay. I'm okay. That's cool. I can understand why she made us wait. So that's one of the reasons I definitely go back and listen to like the old projects. And now I'm actually listening to them a lot because I'm making my stomach listen to them. Oh, right. Yeah. My person in my belly. Make, I make her listen to them. So. Yeah. If you, if you didn't know what she was talking about, it does sound really weird. Um, yeah. It's not like some visceral uh, artistic um, thing that it she's could doing be, to, it could to align be. her chakras in her. I need to get the hunger back. So I'm, <laughs> no, so I'm, I'm making my stomach listen to all yeah. my old work. But yeah, yeah. So, so that's actually been really good for me that I've been listening to my projects a lot or, and I read her from, read to her from my book. So it's making me like revisit my work. Dope, dope. I like that. So here's the thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit off the topic and I'm going to bring us back in a second. But you, you mentioned not wanting to give your audience uh, repeats of the same material, basically, right? Like you don't want it to just kind of be a remix of this, the previous album. Um, yeah, like I don't want it to be like a different, uh, the same thing in a different package. Yeah, but don't uh, don't audiences sometimes dislike when artists do that sort of thing? Like, why? We, I think we might have we I think we might have kind of talked about this a little bit about like the the way that audiences sometimes want artists to stay in a certain space with their stuff and not allow them to grow. Um, See, I think it's a double edged sword because I think that you can, and we've also had this conversation. Um, I think that you can stay in your lane, but still be innovative. Mm-hmm. And um, like I've had, and a lot I of think people- that's the key for sure is that trying staying in your lane, but innovating within your lane, and not trying to feel like you got to do everything artistically. That's kind of outside of not to limit an artist. You can definitely do what you want to. Yeah, you, you can do other stuff. It's a different market that you need to be able to push that to. Absolutely, and so like I have, a, I had a lot of people tell me um, because I do. You know, I have, I have some of, a, I have somewhat of a musical background as well. So I had people tell me like, "Oh, well, you should, you know, you should put some more music on this." You should. I'm not, um, I'm not a musician. Like mm-hmm. that's not what I do. I'm a poet, and so, and they're like, "Oh, well, you're really pigeonholed." No, I'm not. I know, I know what my lane is, 
And I'm very comfortable with that. So like one of the ideas that I do have for my next project is being very collaborative with musicians to where I can still do what I do best versus somebody being like, oh, here's this poet trying to be a singer, but not, but trying to be a rapper, but not. Cause like you hear that where you have people that like, you know that they should be a poet, but they're trying to rap and it just like, you sound there's a guy. Have I talked about this before? There's yeah, we've, we've, yeah, yeah, we've talked about Did it. Did I ever tell you who that was? I'm not going to mention it on the, I don't like mentioning names when I say stuff. No, like we, we, yeah, we know, we know them because we, okay. we talked about it extensively before. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but so, so he's, um, but he's flourishing now in that lane. He won't give me credit for that though. I bet you he won't. He won't give me credit for that. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so I never wanted people to be like, what does she think she's doing? Like, she just need to pick where she at. So to me, it doesn't, it's not me pigeonholing myself. It's being true to where my true artistry lives. Mm -hmm. And so like, I can delve in other ways by getting people that are good at what they do, teaming up with them while I'm good at what I do. And then we can expand our fan base together yeah you know and i so i think that that's important so i think that there is a way i think a lot of times when people feel that way it's because that artist tried to do like a complete 180 and do some totally different shit like like music soul child when he became uh the hustle I, I don't even, yeah, so, yeah, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. Are you for real? Oh, my God, please. Okay, when we are done with this, I need you to go and Google The Hustle. I think he spelled it H-U-S-S-E-L. I'm, I'm about to look it up right now. But The Hustle, music did this with his life for a period of time, I swear. Was he like a rapper? Yes. I don't know. I don't like it already. Yes, it was interesting but i'm but like i mean and even like if you think about it so like i i remember seeing jeezy on uh the breakfast club one time and he was saying like h-u-s-e-l that's how he spelled it the hustle i will definitely look that up when i when we get off of this please but i remember jeezy was on the breakfast club one time and um they were talking about like yo like you know you're such and such age how you still talking about trappings um and all that shit and he was like i tried to put out an album that did something else and people didn't buy that shit right like so and but see yeah that's an example of what i mean like he wanted it, to branch outside of people's like what is this i come to you for right those, those and music. exactly and so even in that conversation he was like so i still talk about the streets but in a manner in which i show my evolution in how i approach the streets so people still are comfortable but i get to still grow as an artist and I think that that's kind of an example of how you got to be innovative within your lane with, so you don't feel like you're pigeonholing yourself as an artist, but you're still able to grow. But so like, why, why? Okay. I, so I, again, we are so far off the topic and I promise we will come back for those of you who are listening like this name, what y'all said y'all was going to talk about, but like, why is it not okay for Jeezy to grow up and be like, man, I don't, I don't trap no more. Like I don't live in the hood and he hasn't lived in the hood for a very long time. So why does he still because have I think that we references? Because I think that people, I think, and, and I think this is, this goes back. We were talking about this when we were talking about versus a versus battle, like the Usher and the Chris Brown thing. Um, you know, uh, and I think it's because 
we as consumers hold so much nostalgia to a person and their artwork that when they start moving away from that, like we can't, we can't hold on to those memories anymore. You know, like, so like when you think of Usher, you don't think of Usher in moving mountains and all that bullshit. You think of confessions, Usher, because you have, (laughs) I love love the way that you even like dismiss it in the language in which you speak of it. Like, I mean, it was not bad, but... I mean, apparently it wasn't great, though. But I mean, it's... But anyway, but that's not you make me want to usher. Like, I remember the first time I heard you make me want to, it was on the episode of Moesha. Like, (laughs) Like, those, and you tie those to these memories, and I mean, it goes back to neurological things you know and how you you become attached emotionally to things and one of the things you want like you could listen to a song right now and or you could eat a food and it could bring back a wave of memories right these awesome times you had and so I think that in a way when when artists that we become attached to especially because like I mean Jeezy shit, that's my freshman year of college on the yard at Tuskegee. Like, you want to hold on to that. And then when those rappers grow up, you be like, damn, do I got to grow up too? Like, for real? So I think there's this emotional attachment that people don't really want to let go of that um, comes with when artists start to change and evolve. You're like, oh, I got to let go of that a little bit. So, so our nostalgia and not wanting to let go of our past holds those artists captive in those moments rather than just holding that song captive in that moment. We got to hold the artist. I captive think, I've, well, I mean, I don't think that we have to, but I think that that's a contributing factor to us being like, man, that's not why I like GZ in the first place. Right. All right. No, that's fine. I liked him because he was a snowman. Okay. You know, and he made me feel like a drug dealer. All right. I mean, you know, again, that's a whole different conversation. I know I took us on this tangent. It's my fault. But uh, I just feel I find it so interesting every time like that those conversations come up and we're like, ah, man, this ain't what I come to you for. Anyway, um, back to art and nostalgia of art. We're kind of still in the same vein talking about the old art, but just how artists view their old art. I, I definitely fall, I think, more on the side of a lot of my old stuff was just not that good. Um, you fall in the fuck that shit side. Yeah, just don't. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't go back and listen to it and get happy feelings about a lot of that old stuff. Um, I do. Speaking of tying music to experiences, what I do love is, like, I remember the studio sessions when we would record certain things. You know, like when I was, we were first starting to write music, like actual songs, and we would record we were recording literally all sitting in one room because, so we didn't have um, pro editing software at the time. So like we would have the music on one track and the vocals on another track and we didn't know how to like edit stuff. So we would like be sitting in a circle because it was a group of us, we were in a group. We'd be sitting in a circle and passing the mic around in order to record our stuff. So I would record mine and then I would pass it to somebody else. And so, like, we would have to do a full take of everybody getting the mic, and then we would dub a take on top of that where we would do overdub vocals. So, like, and we only had, like, a certain number of tracks that we could put into it. So, like, we had to get everything into, like, three or four tracks. And that was how we recorded songs. 
the songs were terrible. Like they didn't sound <laughs> good. They weren't written very well because we were like 16. Uh, but I remember those moments of creating music in those ways because of like, we just had to make it work for the kind of equipment we had at the time. We wanted to put out songs, so we did what we had to do. Um, you know, so I think of that, I think of like the growth process. Um, so again, there's a combination of those things. And then, you know, you get a little bit older and you start learning how to record. And then I started realizing like, ah, oh, man, I was recording stuff all wrong. Like I should, I wasn't even stacking vocals right. Or, you know, I should have done this take over again and not rushing through the recordings. And so I look back and it's definitely a stepping stone or an evolution, um, but it's still trash at the same time. Like I can real, I can recognize I grew from that, but I think it was still all very garbage music and rushed projects and poor processes and things that I should have done better um, in just the execution overall and the ideas. And Like I, I, I go back and listen to some, some metaphors that I spit and I was like, yeah, I'm not going give, to give away bad lines that I had in my past. You just have to go listen to it and catch it. I'm not going to do that. I had some pretty bad <laughs> lines, though. <clears throat> I'm, I'm notorious. Like, I was uh, just talking to my wife the other day. I'm not going to mention the song because I definitely will offend a portion of our fan base if I start getting into actual songs from artists from their past. Um, but I was just pretty frank with her. I was like, I don't know how this artist became popular even because the music they put out when they first came out, wasn't really that good. When you go back and listen, like, well, the lyrics to the songs when they first came out weren't very good. And you go back and is listen it, to it. I want to know who this is. We, we can is. talk about it. We can talk about it off air. Um, but yeah, I was just like, and I was just Is this like, like a local person? No, no. This is a very, very famous artist. Oh, well then you can, we can shit on famous people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Um, yeah, it's a very famous artist. Um, and also, okay, I won't give my full opinion. I will tell you who I was talking about. Who I was talking, about, talking? I was talking about Destiny's Child. And oh no, they were like, I mean, they were super basic. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was like, I was quoting lines from songs, and I was like, why was this okay for this to be a song? Like, this is not good. Um, and. You know, she wasn't disagreeing with me, but she's a huge Destiny's Child fan. I think in the back of her mind, she was like, get up off my childhood. Um, <laughs> the nostalgia kicking in. Yeah, but um, I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, but just like the, the process of like the growth of artists and, and over time, I do wonder if the members of Destiny's Child go back and listen to, what was it, they first, Destiny Fulfilled? Was that the name of their first album? Yeah, where they was like all on the cover. Yeah, so I wonder if they go back and listen to that, and they were, and they're like, "Man, these were not good songs um, at all." I wonder, because I don't think it's an excuse for being young and having bad songs, because there's young people who have good songs. So, like, it's just some people can can do that at younger ages, and even now, you know, Beyonce has fabulous music, but she doesn't write all of it, so. Does she? Anyway. I mean, she got a group of like seventy-five people, right? Right. So she realized you know, anyway, like, maybe see, no, writing she, isn't my thing. Maybe just like creative direction is my thing, and I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna let other people do the writing, and I'll come in here and kill the execution of that stuff. What well, she does, write some stuff, but yeah, she she puts it like and in there and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, and that's you know her recognizing where her strength is. I think a lot of artists need to do that. That's something that I had to come to terms with. Like I used to try to produce for myself. 
nah, bro. And listen to those beats. And I was like, yo, not my nah. gift at all. Let me just buy beats from other people who do this. Um, it was bad, bad, bad. Uh, yeah. Um, well, why are you talking about beats and being producing for yourself? We could talk about our mediums moment today who has oh, produced for you. For sure. We could definitely pew, talk pew, about pew, that. Pew, and, pew, oh, pew, pew. <clears throat> and he produces for himself. So, yeah. Yes, we, he does. Uh, my, my man, uh, Akil Pratt, that's what we're talking about, man. So, the reason, this is a, a couple of reasons why we wanted to highlight him. Not because he's my friend and my producer which that, that actually could be enough for me to want to highlight the man because I've talked about him on the podcast before. Um, but he also, by the time you are hearing this, should have his project out. Um, Depressed Genius is supposed to be dropping. By the time you should be listening to this, it should be available for you to go and get that. So Akil Pratt, Depressed Genius, is going to be available everywhere. Um, but man, he's just a dope Can dude. Can I just say, I love his album art, like the, the cover art that he's yeah. putting out. I really love it. If you have, you should check it out as long, as well as the albums. We haven't heard them because they haven't dropped yet, but yeah. Well, so I mean, I, GI, have I That's why I didn't say I already was about to take it out. I was already about to retract that. Yeah. I probably have. I have not, but I'm very excited. Um, and it's, it's dope stuff. Like I can imagine because the work that he did on your album was super dope. Yeah. Nah, he and he he's a he's probably I I say he's a better rapper than me. Like I probably have a better rap voice than he does, but he's a better writer than I am. Um and so the um I don't know, the project is going to be really dope. I love he's a very conceptual artist too, so like the concept is dope. It's a double album that he's releasing. Um depressed side where it's like him talking about his dealing with like being depressed as an artist and struggles to create versus the genius side and it's more happy like hopeful thoughts of the future type stuff so it's gonna it's a really dope project uh i haven't heard everything on it he said he wanted to leave a few songs out so i would have a good listening experience coming into it of like new stuff um i actually have a feature on there that um I wrote like a long time ago and I, I don't cringe when I still listen to it today. So that's good. Um, but yeah, my, me featuring on there has absolutely nothing to do with why we're pushing this though, because. No, cause he's super dope. And, yeah. and we were, and he is an avid supporter of the podcast. As For well, sure. He's one of the first people that like, I think between, I don't know who's a bigger supporter, him or Specs. But it's a tie in my mind between those two of like who like genuinely support. Like I know for a fact, go and listen to the podcast because they talk about things that we talked about in post online or one of them will message me something from the podcast. I know they listen as opposed to people right. who are just. And he actually suggested today's topic. Yeah. So he is just like full circle today. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so that this proof positive, number one, that we are paying attention to what people are saying about stuff. Um, but number two, that um, there are some dope artists that are contributing as a community to what we have going on with Medium's The Podcast. And we appreciate y'all. So if this was like a, a video <laughs> podcast right now, my facial expression would be what would be, uh, would say all the words necessary right then. 
anyway, y'all just imagine the facial expression based upon how you know how I feel about the sound effects that happen during this podcast. Gee, I love them. Um, I just need to get some real sound effects and just put them in there. So you don't have to do that. That's what I should do in post. I should just edit in real sound effects so you don't have to do that. Let's try no, that you, next time. All right. You so should not. No, you shouldn't do it. That. When Lissa is on maternity leave from Medium's podcast, um, are you going to take a maternity leave? Like, are you going to like from me on the from podcast me. for like some months while you uh, get in mom life together? We don't have to necessarily discuss this in the middle of the podcast. It's random. <laughs> um, it's 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 contributed contributed to my evolution as an artist. Um, no, but I don't plan on taking maternity leave. Word. Because you're not getting paid anyway, so, you know. Clearly. And then we live in a state where it's unpaid leave anyway. <laughs> Go vote, people, is all I'm saying. Please, anyway, this, yes, is, please. this is not a political <laughs> podcast. We are not here to discuss <laughs> things of that nature, but it's really a thing that you need to do for your life. Um, all right. So, yes, Akil Pratt, uh, you can check him out. A-K-I-L, Akil Pratt, P-R-A-T-T like the city because that's where he grew up Pratt city anyway um but yeah that's my man's right there producer extraordinaire overall really dope dude um actually uh, like a real friend of mine like we have conversations outside of music often um we play chess together for those of you who are in the birmingham area we get together and we play chess first monday every month now so anyway I wish I knew how to play chess. You can come learn how to play chess. I'll be teaching people how to play. After you have the baby and there are no COVID issues, you can come learn how to play chess. I got you. All right, bet. Yeah, it's a real deal. Like we we get in there, you know, we get on the boards and, and play. But anyway, so yeah, Akil Pratt, Depressed Genius, available uh, as of the time that you are hearing this on all streaming and download sites, Akil Pratt, at Akil Pratt on Instagram. Um, and and Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So y'all get at him, tell him Medium's podcast sent you, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, anyway, back to the topic, back to the matter at hand. Oh, sorry. I was about to go into a little Snoop Dogg for you. Um, but past art. So, I, so this is, I, and this is one of the things like, Okay, so we don't necessarily function in the same genre. Like, rap is poetic, but not necessarily spoken word or poetry. Um, and because you do release albums, we, f- we function in similar spheres. But I would love to hear thoughts from people who are not in, like, the music or the vocal uh, arenas of art. Um, like, people who paint, right? Like, I wonder if they go back and look at old paintings and say to themselves, man, this was not good. Like, I wasn't doing good painting back then. Um, I know my homeboy, um, and we've had him as a medium's moment, Melvin. Melvin, yeah. Uh, yeah, who's a tattoo artist, but also does, like, comic books and things like that. Can we pause for a second on that? I actually think he may have done a, one of my tattoos at one point in time when I was in Auburn. Um, it's very it's possible because he did a lot of he he was he was at Voodoo Needle for a long time. I I I want to say he did one. That of was across that was across the street from Kroger's. Yeah, 
I mean, I know yeah. I got tatted at Voodoo Needle, and it was a black dude who did it. And he was like the only black guy that worked. It, it had to <laughs> been him. So I actually have ink from Melvin on me. That's pretty dope. Yeah. Anyway, continue. But yeah, like um, definitely, I know, and especially, and especially him for real, because I, because I personally know how much time he puts into his craft, and like. Um, how much work he puts in into developing himself. I just don't see. Cause I mean, even he goes back and he's done cover-ups of his own tattoos like that he's done on people. So I just don't see how an artist could look and be like, yo, I haven't like my old work hasn't improved. Like I haven't improved at all from like my old stuff, you know, like even if it is a different medium, unless you just don't care about your art like that, where you just like, I'm amazing. So you don't, you don't take any time to develop yourself at all. So, I mean, okay, but like, do you think, and I know I'm going back to recording artists, do you think Kanye goes back and says the uh, college dropout was, was awful? I don't think that, so. I don't think that would be crazy for him to say, but like, does he do that? Well, I mean, I think that's a question that I often ask myself, because I always ask like myself, does Lil Wayne ever be like, I miss Lil Wayne? Mm. Like, <laughs> like, do they? And I feel like, I mean, I think Kanye is. I, I, that's actually a very intriguing question as to whether or not big artists feel as if they're not putting out the same quality of music. Like, I know they can tell from say, like, you know, Jeezy was like, "Oh, this didn't sell, so let me go back to doing X, Y, Z." But like, does he say to himself, "Man, I ain't making the kind, the same kind of good music I was making when I was, you know." 25 like it just ain't the same no more like i wonder do they go back and and feel themselves that yeah this ain't as good as it used to be but you know hey i, I wonder if that, but i wonder if that's why they end up like changing their persona hmm. so that they don't have to carry the the brunt of that like to meet those expectations anymore of old work hmm. like because i mean you guys think like lil wayne been lil wayne Wheezy, Wheezy F Baby, Tunchy, like they go through these periods of like evolution as an artist. And I wonder if they just do that so that people could be like, oh, I'm, I miss the little old Lil Wayne. Well, I'm not him no more. I'm Tunchy now. So let that shit go. Or like how Kanye is now Yeezy, where you don't even have to, you feel like you've shed that, like you've shed that cocoon of a person, of an artist. So you mm. don't feel like you have to live up to that that artistry anymore. I need to change I my name too. Thing. I'm going to change my name to something else so I can shed into a new persona. I mean, that's like, I don't know. No, nah, I, I mean, I, I just might be making some shit up, but that you, sounds good to me. Music changed his name to The Hustle and he changed into a whole different, you got to go he, listen to this stuff. And then he <laughs> but clearly he changed it back. Because <laughs> he shouldn't have done it in the first place. It was not good. It was not good. Oh my goodness! Oh Lord, I might no. I'm not. I'm not gonna go listen to it again because um, <laughs> that deserves absolutely no more of my mental energy. But it wasn't good. Like you, sh you should experience it at least one time for yourself, so that you know that I did not make this up. That there was really like this is not like um, what do they call it where you 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 remember something but like it it doesn't happen for real. A false memory. No, no, there's like a, a term for it. There was like a whole movie about it. 
I forgot the Mandela effect. Like this is not a Mandela effect thing where it's like you remember it differently than what it, the hustle is a real person that music <laughs> soul child created as a persona. And it was I, the idea of what he was trying to do was good making motivational music and he had moved to Atlanta. And so he was trying to get into the trappy sound and stuff. It was just, Oh, that sounds horrible. It is horrible. It's as bad as it sounds probably worse. Uh, yeah. He had like a whole team of people. Like, Oh my God. It was so bad. Like I just, I watched videos of him like doing live performances and people cheering it on and I was just like what are you guys doing this is terrible like he clearly didn't have any friends at this point in his life um okay anyway yeah so (laughs) I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again oh lord all right so yeah past music I do wonder though like you know artists in their um you know painting or you know like you said your man Melvin with the previous his drawings in the past or tattoos from the past or, um, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure musicians, you know, they, they learn more about their craft and they learn how to play. But I do. But then I think that some don't, cause I think that some don't care enough about it. Yeah. That's a fact though. Like I, I, there is probably a level of like, people are going to hate, I'm going to piss some people off. Like, I don't feel like future is, sitting there being like oh my god how am i gonna get better how am i gonna do that i don't Mm -hmm. don't feel like he's having those conversations because if he was we wouldn't be getting the same toxic bullshit every album after album after album but see like i think he is not necessarily feeling like he needs to get better because he's been exactly like yeah and so i think that when you're in that vein you don't care about evolving you just be like like and i think especially with like a lot of the new artists like the new like younger kid artists Mm -hmm. they don't they're doing it because they want to make money from it i don't necessarily believe that a lot of them have a passion for it yeah so and if you don't and i think that's the thing if you don't have a passion for it and you're only looking at it as a money grab you don't really give a fuck about evolving you don't care about growth for real you care about okay, what is the thing, gimmick or not, what do I need to do to keep getting this paper? Right. Like, and that's not necessary. And that's why you can continue to put out Hendrix a million times. Yeah. So, like, I don't think that, like, I just don't really think that, like, depending on your mindset, I think that that really determines how much you care about growing or how you view, view your old stuff like that. You know, I, I'm going to say this, and I might shock some people. Some people might not be shocked. I don't know that I've listened to an entire project that Future has put out ever. I know I haven't because I can't. I feel like that shit is depressing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have made it through a listening of an entire Future project. And then, especially when he came out and he said that he don't do drugs, like I like after that, I'm like I can't listen to you at all. Because then I'm like you rapping about shit that you don't. Do. I don't like that shit. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, I've I've never been a future fan. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know, I don't even know if future fans listen to our podcast. So maybe I don't Probably, need to apologize. I mean, I'm um, not gonna apologize. I don't care. Yeah. No, I'm just saying I you know, I'm sorry to offend <laughs> you that I don't listen to or you think I'm crazy for not I just it ain't it ain't my thing. So you know. I like I know a lot of guys that like love him, but I also think that those guys need therapy of their own, but that's here and there. So um yeah, well, all right. So, 
if you are a future fan and you need therapy, then we will post a link. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> maybe we need to. Um, maybe. But cool. All right. So I, I do want to hear from you all um, that are artists out there about how you feel about your previous artwork, trash or stepping stone. Like what is, what, what's your feeling about that? And it definitely can be a combination. It is a combination for, for me. Um, just kind of tell us kind of when you li listen back, look back, think back on your old stuff, how do you rate it if you were to give it a rating? I'm going to call somebody out that I would really like to hear from about this. Um, and I would really like to hear from, um, you, uh, from Eugene, oh. just because he puts out so much work mm. because he puts out so much. And I know oh, that his catalog wow. is yeah. crazy. Like, because you're putting out so much work, how are you viewing your password? Especially like if you got like two, three projects or something like that, I think it's easier for you to digest that stuff or to be like, oh yeah, that last one was bad. But like when you got like a ton of shit out like mm. a ton of stuff like does that change the way you view that stuff yeah so like um and we can talk about this in another podcast but i see so many people talk about like who would win in a versus battle and it's like oh that's not fair because such and such got way more music and it's like okay but it's quantity really just, don't necessarily it's mean 20 songs right like do right. i have 20 good songs it doesn't matter if 500 are in my catalog are my best 20 songs better than your best 20 songs is really all the verses is about. Now we can argue right. whether or not there are more hits outside of those, but my top 20, does it beat your top 20? That's all this is. And so like, I just get so, it's so silly to me when I see these conversations about, ah, such and such could never compete with such and such in the verses. It's like, well, they actually do have 20 hit records, so they could. So, right. And that's why I say like, yeah. I don't care if I only put out 20 songs, if all 20 of them were, top 100 hits then i belong in a versus plain and simple right because like even at ross joint like the ross and two chains like mm -hmm. i was just like um i don't know because i mean you can say what you want about two chains but like even when it like came out that they were doing they were like oh ross is gonna like what wipe the floor with him i was eh, y'all forget like two chains got bangers like yeah. he got bangers yeah. <laughs> he ain't no like just like some mediocre dude that's like barely putting shit out like he got like bangers. like legitimate hits yeah like right not, like we, it we, we're pretending as if it wasn't it wasn't another like nelly versus ludicrous like that's not how that shit went like nelly versus ludicrous was a bad matchup just because terrible. nelly is more pop and ludicrous is like and so like when he started playing his like super pop songs they yeah, were like the tim mcgraw sold, shit Right, they like, sold amazing amounts of records, but with that, white people. Right, but that doesn't function well <laughs> in, the, in the demographic of people that are going to watch this versus. Like they was like, okay, Nelly, we can skip this, but it was a hit record, and in his mind, he like, but do you see this plaque behind me that this record got me? And it's like, yeah, we do, but we don't care. Um, so anyway, that that's a complete. I wonder, does Nelly go back and listen to? Welcome to Nellyville. Never mind. Um, yeah, so we want to hear from you all about your art and how you feel about the past. Maybe we'll tag Eugene in this and see if he'll answer that question. I'll make a post specifically about that. Um, but we definitely want to hear you guys join in on the conversation. As always, we are online at Mediums the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, 
on Twitter, you can hit us at Mediums Podcast, or you can email us any things that you'd like to hear us talk about as topics on here, mediumspodcast at gmail.com. That's us. We are Mediums Podcast. Shaman G.I. Oh, and me, Lissa Lou. That is you, Lissa Lou. All right, man. We will holler at y'all on the flip side. Any last words? I'm sorry. I didn't even say that. I didn't ask you if you had anything else you want to say about this. I don't. Okay. Well, we're done then. All right. So y'all make sure y'all tune in the next <laughs> time. And uh, until then, go create something. We are out. Peace.